that bluff stand that Tiffany shot her first film kill ever in in their film uh, uh, early film years uh-huh. uh, was the same tree. Again, you don't see this stuff behind the scenes. It's the same tree that your uncle Mark and Terry literally had the one of the worst fights I've ever the seen. The one where they were climbing down. He was going to climb down and climb back up and yeah. strangle your uncle Mark. Uh, the, oh, the yeah. history yeah. right here. <laughs> okay, so this segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 206. I'm Steve. That's right, because the last podcast we had, this is great. I'm Matt, and you are actually Steve. We got Steve Two Stoltz Steves. with us today. So we had Michael Waddell on last week. Oh, really? And in here? The stu- yeah, I'm st- but not in the studio okay, on Zoom. Gotcha. And uh, I don't know where he called Tim. He called him Steve. Out of nowhere. This is not Steve Stoltz. This is just Tim Chelswick. Yeah. Well, I think that's cool, though, that um, even though I've had a long hiatus with with our from Drury Outdoors, I should say that he would still identify me with the company. You're still you know, top of mind. That's, that's right. Right he there. Thinks, oh, Michael Waddell. I am thinking you. about you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> or Michael. Like, put a mouth call in and you will automatically know that I'm not Steve Stokes. That's right. So we got a fun uh, podcast in front of us here. F-U-N. We got our good buddy, Steve Stoltz. So Thanks for having me. Yeah, Steve was with us in the early days. OG. OG at Drury Outdoors. In mm. fact, he probably wore a lot of that bottom land back in the day. Oh, yeah. And yeah, field tested it. Yeah, and so Steve, the I think the thing that most people remember you by in those early videos was for some mishaps, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, until I, love, I, I had until I got a good sight system, like a red dot by loophole. Can I say that? Sure. Yes. <laughs> you can say anything. Here. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> and we do. Until um, so I got a good sight system, um, I had a tendency to miss. I got to think. Uh, you said uh, that like I'm, you're a recovering <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> I did. I, did. I, to drink. I was addicted to missing. <laughs> well, and you got to so, be good yeah. at something. Well, yeah. so I think, I don't, what, do you remember what video it was? Was it Monster Box 2 or so? There was a giant, I just remember it was dad filming you or there's something, there's a story here. I yes. Story here. And so, um, actually your dad kind of got fed up with me and left. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> true true story. No, true story. Um, oh, so, so he had he had filled his tag, um, and I think I filmed him fill his tag. And so his plan, the game plan was he was going to stay with me till I fill fill my tag. Uh, and of course it's a rut, and anything can happen. And sometimes you have those long periods where sure. nothing happens. And up off comes off the hill comes a huge giant, and I believe he was an eight pointer, uh, if memory serves me correct. And off the hill, the deer comes and gets point blank range. And to try and make sure that I'm drawn as the deer walks by the tree, I, I pre-draw, which mm-hmm. was a mistake uh, because I not only drew too soon because the deer was facing us, I had a sham of a glove <laughs> and I had the old uh, release aid that, that um, triggered off Kind of like a, um, I don't know how to explain it, but basically by your thumb and that 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 chamois glove or, 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 or wore out glove that was all tore up. Uh-huh. Part of that glove pressed that release aid 
when I was at full draw waiting and it, and it went off and, um, <sighs> that, and, and your, your, uh, your dad <laughs> who's gracious, <laughs> your dad was yeah, gracious enough to say, gracious. that's it. I'm out. I'm, <laughs> I've had enough. I think I had up. already screwed up several deer before that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> it was like third time's a charm. I'm out of here. <laughs> we'll get a different cameraman for you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like where there's some stories with like Stan Potts too, or like maybe Stan got upset a time or two with you guys. Oh, he, uh, he he would, but we we would have a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I know um, some of the stories with Stan, uh, we would kid around with him, but um, you know he's always so serious about his hunting. Yeah, and so your uh, your uncle Mark and Terry would know how to get under his skin. That surprises um, me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that happened to me. Huh. <laughs> I'm hearing Stan Potts cursing triple canopy. That's what I was trying to get at. So. So, so something about you not trimming a set. It was your. I guess you guys all used to trim each other's sets or whatever. Well, we yeah switch where who was hunting where. Yeah, so we were responsible for obviously taking care of our own ground, our own piece, whether we leased or, or um, I didn't own at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, so, but we would all take turns filming at each other's places. Yeah, so. You would essentially be going in, say, to a farm that your your dad had gotten ready, and but it's your turn to hunt. Yeah. So he's filming you, and you you have to deal with how they set it up. Yeah, and wasn't or always the best situation, according to Stan Potts. Which God love you, Stan. I love you, but, um, <laughs> but- <laughs> uh, the reason why he shot three. Our four giant over 200 inch whitetails in his life is because he's real particular. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why the man's been successful, right? <laughs> well, apparently you didn't trim enough no. for his liking in no. this triple canopy <laughs> No. And uh, Stan was like, I can't believe you even climb in a tree like this. You know, it's how he talks. And uh, God love you. Love you, Stan. And if Stan would hear this right now, he'd be go, you're a plug. That's what he'd say. <laughs> That's what he'd call you. Oh, yeah. Counting the you veins plug. in his forehead as he screams triple canopy. I mean, Steve's got a lot of good stories, a lot of dirt probably on Mark Terry, those old days, oh, you yeah. know, Don, Don, Jay, like back in that, the early days of Drury Outdoors, I mean, quite the all-star cast there of, of accomplished guys. You look back now and uh, it's pretty cool to look back on it. Well, it is cool to look back and, and, and know that I've been able, me personally, and, and I know you've, uh, Drury Outdoors is such a, a, a far-reaching company as far as the outdoor industry. I mean, let's face it. Uh, and the people that you've been able, you guys have been able to meet, um, you know, the all-stars of the industry. But you go back and, and myself, the people that I've been able to hunt with, Mark and Terry Drury and Stan Potts and Don and Candy Kiske and Jay Gregory and Lee and Tiffany. And, you know, the list goes on. And really, I never got to hunt with Lee and Tiffany, but I did scout their farm with them or help them scout their first farm they bought that actually yeah, was a lease of Mark it and Terry's, It was a lease right? of Mark yeah. and Terry's and mm-hmm. myself. And we, uh, we had hung uh, quite a few stands on this property. So when Lee and Tiffany purchased it, uh, they uh, actually, your uncle Mark asked me if I would go with them and kind of point out the different spots that we had hung tree stands. And as history would show, Tiffany's first bow kill uh, on film bow kill, first one in her entire career with Lee and Tiffany filming was on a stand we called the bluff stand that we had hung. And I showed them right where the stand nice. was at. Yeah. Right where I the think I edited at. that 
it was on Whitetail Extreme three or four, I think. I think I could be wrong on that, but I remember editing her first. It was a summer that I'll never forget because I had to sit in the office with Dad. So their Bloomsdale office, he has a little—I mean, a little office in there, like his. Yeah, that's his. And there was a desk next to his desk, like a almost like a book study or whatever and and so i sat there with him literally uh, over my imagine. shoulder watching me edit uh, all summer long brutal. you're like oh, what are you doing there you know it was a long it was a very long summer I'm scratching my head at this decision here <laughs> yeah exactly a lot of second guessing <laughs> over the shoulders fun so, they call it backseat driving yeah it yeah literally yeah. like that ulcers when you're that 20 was the first i was an intern for Drury outdoors at that time i was in college and so that was my first ever title i think Whitetail Extreme, Whitetail's taking it to the extreme. It was either three or four, but I edited mm-hmm. that whole title by myself, and um, that was my first. They just kind of threw me in the water. There you go. <laughs> to swim, son, which actually did that to me as well when I was a kid. I mean, I like those. Kind of fits with the family philosophy, right? <laughs> it does. Uh, Why not? Figure it out. <laughs> Real quick, that bluff stand that Tiffany shot her first film kill ever in in their film. Uh, uh, early film years uh-huh. uh, was the same tree. Again, you don't see this stuff behind the scenes. It's the same tree that y- your uncle Mark and Terry literally had the, one of the worst fights I've ever the seen. The one where they were climbing down. He was going to climb down and climb back up and yeah. strangle your uncle Mark. Uh, the, oh yeah. History yeah. right here. <laughs> okay. So and didn't a deer <laughs> interrupt that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we've told the story in the podcast. They have somebody oh, has okay. Mark or Terry, right. but I'd love to hear your perspective of it, but the way I understand it is it was during the rut or something and and Mark was filming and Terry was hunting. Is that right? Or vice versa. I don't know which one was which. Yeah. But, but Mark, no, Mark was filming and he was telling Terry to rattle and the deer. So, so Mark had turned around and he was looking back like behind them where these deer were Uh and he was given Terry, the, the gesture behind his back to rattle. And it was kind of like, you know, you know, throwing his hands together like this yeah. and dad wouldn't do it. Right. And, and I guess Mark was getting more aggressive, like it, like rattle, rattle. Finally, he's going to gesture harder. Dad at said some choice words Explicit. at the top of his lungs. Yes. Explicit oh. words. Yes. And then I'm going to come over there and it's I'm going to kick your, you know what? <laughs> Explicit. So they were in two different trees, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Dad climbed down his tree. <laughs> this is he on. walked over to Mark's tree. He started, he was getting ready to climb up it. And Mark's side of this was in my mind, like I didn't know he was back there getting mad. He goes, I was just trying to get him in the rattle. Yeah. And when he starts screaming at the top of his <laughs> lungs, Mark looks back like what in the world? So as soon as dad was getting ready to climb up, Mark said in his, in his, his mind, he was going to push dad out of the tree. <laughs> he was going to stomp his head as he was trying to get up into the stand. There's no do? way he was going to let no. Terry get in that yeah. stand. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so far, your information, your uncle Mark and your uh, dad, um, sometimes didn't always get along, but that's typical of siblings. <laughs> that's why they don't right? that's together of, That's typical of brothers. They didn't hate each other. They loved yeah. each other very much, but they didn't always see eye to eye. <laughs> and they certainly didn't see eye to eye on that morning. <laughs> yeah. So turns out a deer comes running, like it's the rut. It comes chasing a doe or something, a, a big buck. Coming. And Mark's like, buck, buck, buck. And so 
dad ran back to his stand, climbed back up. They almost killed that deer. They didn't. Yeah. The way uh, the story goes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. They, they no longer hunt together. Well, well many for self-preservation. Yeah. I yeah. think that's why our company still exists. <laughs> when, when they went over this whole story, did Mark mention that he thought his, he thought your dad was going to kill him? Yes. Yes. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, he thought and, he was, and, and what, what else are you going to think if someone climbs listen, a tree? Like, it's Terry's a hot well. head. <laughs> they both can be, but Terry's can really be a hot head. Well, uh, yeah. I just, 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 just say this. He was, uh, uh, they both have their, they're both very similar in that, in my yeah. opinion. You know, they they're, both have their sure, breaking points. They're ying very and yang. going. Yeah. Until and, you hit one particular spot and then it's over the top for him. Yeah, there's no, no. There's no middle mid, ground. There's no middle ground. No. It's either they're calm or you're fired. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pull you out of a tree stand. Yes. Yeah. Fun times. But you look back and, um, you know, the Mark and Terry Drury's, and this is for my, you know, myself, uh, Harold and David Knight, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, Chris Parrish and the diff- Ray I and the different people in the industry industry and icons in the industry, uh, Wayne Carlton. I've got to hunt with elk hunt with uh, Wayne Carlton and, and Ralph Abe Moline, which, uh, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, we mentioned Stan Potts and yeah. and the, the people in the industry that I've been able to share a tree with and hunt with and film. Um, I've almost, I've mentioned this before, and I almost feel like uh, kind of the Forrest Gump of, of hunting in that <laughs> it, you know, if I start life. telling a story, nobody would ever believe it. Steve's everywhere. Yeah, yeah it's every, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> run, Steve, run. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy that you're jumping in with us today. I wanted to talk turkey. Obviously, it's that time of year. This will air in the first week of the Missouri uh, turkey season. And there's a couple dum-dums on this podcast that can't call Str- the mouth struggle call. with mouth calls. <laughs> I practiced the whole way in today and, and the, tr- the 40 minute truck ride. And it was pretty random whether or not something would sound like a Turkey or just not sound like it does not make a sound. Like I could not get it to be consistent when I sound like a Turkey. It, not bad. I mean, I can make it work, Yeah. but man, I just couldn't be consistent with it. This has always been my problem. So I, I was hoping cause you're a championship co- uh, caller and, and obviously been doing this since what the eighties. Oh yeah. Well, I started my first, I competed in my first contest in 79, There you go. but it was some years prior to that. So I shot my first Turkey in 1971 or maybe 72, somewhere in early seventies. They had turkeys then? They had turkeys back then. Um, and so I knew how to yelp and call then. So early seventies. So Steve, you know, his, his resume is long and, and been in every calling contest you can think of one, most, most of all of them. Uh, Maybe missing a couple of very. I, I'm, I'm missing the Grand National Senior Division. That's what I'm missing, and um, I want to. I do have a Grand National Championship with the, uh, winning the Champion of Champions in 1998. That same year, Chris Kirby won the Grand National Senior Division, mm-hmm. and that's the one that I would still dearly love to win. Sure, and I haven't quit trying. And okay. sounding better yeah. today than ever, really. I, I, uh, according to the judges' scores, I am anyway. So, yeah, <clears throat> so yeah. I was hoping that he could show us the way. Like, are there some tips here on how to make a call sound yeah. like a turkey? <laughs> yeah, I'm well, ready. First off, um, with a mouth call and with any call. Um, so I didn't bring a friction call with me, uh, the, the, Matt and Tim. Yeah, but I feel like those we can almost all <laughs> yeah, figure it yeah. out. Well, right? but see, it all comes down to rhythm, in my opinion. So uh, to 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 put a mouth call in your mouth. And, and if you got the wrong rhythm, first off, the mechanics of it is, I say kind of a key, like, 
I think turkeys have a two distinct, a, a hen has two distinct levels, high and low. And then there's a turnover. There's a little hitch in the middle. There's a mm-hmm. little turnover in the middle. Whether they sound <clears throat> clear, whether they sound raspy, whether they sound a low or high pitch, it doesn't make any difference. You still have that same basic mechanic of rhythm. So, so right out of the gate, the cut, so people know this. I mean, this is the cut's always on top, always right? Always on the top. The, yes. And the cut makes a huge difference in how the call is going to sound, right? You guys have been making calls for 30 years. The cut's a big part of what comes out at the end, right? Yes. Is it the cut and the amount of pressure so, that you put through there? So the top read is your soundboard. Okay. The bottom reads are your, uh, uh, your body. <clears throat> so you got your body underneath. Your soundboard on top. Okay. That top read is the only thing and a main thing you're concerned with. Yeah. In yeah. fact, when I separate my, if you see, when I separate my mouth call, I just take a flat to- piece of flat toothpick, basically break the flat toothpick in half, separate the top read, leave the toothpick in there and let it dry yep. that way. Mm-hmm. And then when you get ready to hunt, you just kind of get it wet, make that have that uh, toothpick side to side yep. and your top read separated, boom, you your call's that ready air to pocket go. through there a little bit, right? You're, you're separating that top read. If that top read is stuck, the call's not going to sound yeah. any good. Once the top read is separated, the call's going to be beautiful. Okay. doesn't make any difference if you have two or three reads underneath. If they're stuck together, the call's still going to sound beautiful. Okay. okay. So you got it ready to call. You want to do a, you, you want to come up from your diaphragm. You want to let the call do most of the work. Your mouth doesn't need to do all the work like this. I'm 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 doing cause I'm just huffing. I'm almost not working my mouth. Is there a word that like uh you know, is there some sort of word or, or vocalization that you could do before you put the call in? So like to practice like this I is say, what you would be saying. Okay. So here it is again. I'm going to back off a little. And all I'm doing is I'm, I'm chop, 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 and putting little put, here. And if you want to call more aggressive, you how, how do you get that part? That that quick, that I mean, I can't get enough breath to to do it fast <laughs> enough. It seems like it's a real slow cadence. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm just going puck. Puck. Only I'm cutting it down more with my with my jaw. There you go. Yeah, easy. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Done. Steve, what about fit? Because a, a lot of people will buy a mouth call, throw it in, and not not Seems really too big. Th- that you can trim, like you can trim that up to fit your mouth. How do you know what's the right size? So there, there really is only two sizes. There's a youth size, and then there's basically a regular size. Now, regular size will have large frame, medium frame, and small frame. Most standard mouth calls in the industry. Almost ninety percent of your mouth calls mm-hmm. are small frame, with with the bigger tape. And, and and do you trim the tape around there so it better fits I, I in your mouth? I use a tape cutter, 
Mm-hmm. And then I, so it's like, it's, it'll cut them the same every time. So it's just like a press. Oh, sure. And, and I guess I'm referring to someone that maybe goes and buys some calls. Do they need, like if they pop them out of the box, should they look at fit when they put it in? Should or? they cut the tape down Absolutely. even more? If yeah. they think it's gagging them. But remember this, any it, any slight change. Okay, the best way I can describe it is archery. If you have any change in your torque of your arm or your sight pin or your rest, then that's going to change where you hit. Same way with a mouth call. If you trim off more of the tape, it's, it's going to change your airflow. It's going to change your air seal. Mm-hmm. If you trim any of that top reed, play with that, it's going to change the sound. So if you got air leaking around the sides, then you know that you probably need you to probably trim tr- a little. You, yeah, or or, or if, you're, if, if it's gagging you. I would only trim if it's really making you feel uncomfortable. Okay. Other gotcha. than that, because you need all that tape for good air seal. Because if you don't have good air seal, then you're just going to, a lot of air is going to escape. So uh, should there be any air, because it's obviously it's in the roof of your mouth. It's in the roof of your mouth. And so you're saying it should be sealed to the roof of your mouth Mm -hmm. where only any air is coming from between your tongue and the call itself. Yeah. So I'll try and do it without even moving my mouth. See, that, that that's just all air pushing that call, mm-hmm. and the call's doing the work, if that makes sense. And you are you changing the pressure on the call with your tongue? No, I'm that? keeping the <clears throat> same even pressure and just huffing it with huffs of air. Okay. 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 So I think that's part of my problem is change, yeah, change yeah. the amount of pressure. Don't overthink it. Put a and, and obviously when I was eight nine years old, it was much easier to learn than in our forties or fifties or now me sixty thirties. I'm just coming up with different ages that people could be. But but the younger you are when you start this, the better, better. But you're never too old to learn. And the thing you got to learn is don't think your mouth and your jaw has to do all the work. Okay. Let that that mouth call do a lot of the work. Okay. The tongue, are you putting a lot of pressure on on the call or it's it's – how do you figure I'd, that part out? I'd say not as much on my like my light yelping, soft yelping, but he- a little tighter clamp when I start doing that cutting and excited call. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely a little tighter. When you get into cutting, what is it that you're how are you cutting so fast? Like what's the is it there again? Is there something you're kind of like it, okay, mouthing it's, that's it's, it's the same way. Well, let me explain this. Uh, as I said earlier, it's rhythms. It's rhythms. So cutting is not gonna work if you Okay, that's just not turkey language. Cutting works when you. So I'm doing turkey rhythm. I'm doing the same thing as I did that rapid fire, but I'm slowing it down in a good turkey rhythm. It's the same way with 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 language or when somebody's speaking to you. If they, how many times have you had somebody and they're they're like almost mumbling? You're like. What did they say? I heard them, but I have no idea what that person said. Well, if they slowed it down and said it in the right cadence, Mm -hmm. you'd probably hear exactly everything they said. Yeah. Turkey's the same way. Man, that the cadence is, I mean, like I said, I can, I can yell up a little bit. I can enough, Mm -hmm. but I cannot get that. I cannot cut. It's like, I cannot get fast enough to get a cadence. I'll tell you another one that a lot of people have a hard time with, and that's the purr. And Uh, yeah, I can't do that. (laughs) Sound of spring. When we come out with sound of spring, um, 
a lot of the calling instructions on Sound of the Springs uh, really drove and resonated hard with the viewer, even in the rental, the, the, yeah. the rental. Back uh, in 1990. I, oh, yeah, absolutely. 90, I, I, I have turkey callers still today. Some of your top, you know, a lot of your top callers, your Matt Van Sices and your your uh, uh, Josh Grossenbachers of the world. Uh, Scott Ellis has said that they've studied, they studied that Sound of Spring tape and learned mm. some of their cool. calling techniques yeah. from that tape from the Sounds early like throughout your door. I need to go back. It's in DeerCast, though, the full video. So it's the second ever title that Mark Terry, these guys ever produced. King of the Spring was the first one. Sound mm-hmm. of the Spring was the second one. And the whole premise was to try to tell you the sound or teach you the sounds of a wild turkey, the right? Basic mm-hmm. backbone vocabulary of the wild turkeys. You had Jeff Propes, you had Dale Whiffler, yep. you had uh, Mark mm-hmm. Drury, Terry Drury, myself, Keith Wallig. You had uh, I hope I'm not missing anybody. Oh, Randy Panic. Yeah, Randy Panic. Uh, God love him. Um, you, you know, he had some really powerhouse callers yeah. at that during that time, yeah. uh, going over all the backbone. One of the calls that I covered in Sound of Spring was a cluck and purr. It's a very hard call for people to learn. And what I do is I I use the end of my tongue. I don't come from the throat. Your uncle Mark does it from the throat. So it it doesn't make a difference how you do the flutter as long mm-hmm. as you accomplish it. I do it <laughs> only with a mouth. Call my mouth. I just that's crazy. <laughs> now this isn't the best for whatever reason. I just built this call, not the best sounding uh, purr, but um, that's yeah, the I thought me- so. That's the mechanics of uh, that's the mechanics of, of how you how I do the yeah. purr, and I let my kind of my fat. Cheeks, you know, and I'll admit they're fat. Uh, your uncle Mark and 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 your dad remind me of it all the time. No, oh. <laughs> of course then I've I'm never mean. noticed them to take a physical attribute of someone and then pick on them for yeah. it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I a character. Fire, I fire right back with the glasses and a big nose. So you know, oh yeah, well you're an all, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So we should help our buddy Kelly out, who has this week's question of the day. All right, so. So the question of the day is probably brought to you by Nomad Outdoors, building the most innovative, authentic hunting apparel to inspire everyone to experience and protect the traditions of hunting. My name is Kelly Mathis, and I'm from West Monroe, Louisiana. I'm an avid turkey and deer hunter, and they tell me if you can kill a turkey in Louisiana, which I've killed my share, you can kill a turkey in any state. My question is... During deer season, I use a colored light, mainly green, to enter my stands and exit my stands. My question is, do you think that a colored light disturbs turkeys on the roost in the morning time? Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Kelly. And his dog. And if folks if folks submit a question of the day, um, they could get a DeerCast hat. So like just go I'm to wearing? the exactly. In yeah. fact, it's yours. We need it back <laughs> to send to and the, the next question of the day. The I got a Drury Outdoor hat in my truck. Well, you're good then. <laughs> okay. So what, All right. What do you so think about Steve, that? Uh, absolutely, uh, lights will affect turkey. Well, lights will uh, lights don't affect deer in my opinion, hardly at all. Um, so use the green light for entering for, for whitetails. If you're getting set up for turkey, stay away from any light, white light, green light, red light, blue light, don't make any difference. Turkeys see color. 
Yeah. So you absolutely will flush turkeys off the off the roost. You probably will not bother them from a distance. So let me be clear on this. If you're within uh, their danger zone where they where they feel danger, which what I if I would put a uh, yardage on it, I'd say within 100 yards of them, mm-hmm. they're going to flush when they see the light. If they're if if the light is a distance from them, they can they have depth perception and they can tell that that light is a long ways away and 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 so they won't flush if that makes sense. But if you get in close to a roost area and you're approaching and if it's pitch dark, you're going to have to go go do it without a light. Um, or take a chance of flushing your turkeys. Okay, that's great. There you go. And the Wildlife Word is brought to you by Tracker Off-Road, made with the know-how of American workers, built for those who love the outdoors. So because turkeys have monocular vision, they have poor depth perception. Unless they do this. A, walk off the distance. B, triangulate with the position of the sun. C, move their head, or D, use echolocation. So how do they make up for that poor depth perception? Steve. I want to say C, move their head. Move their head. I'm going to say C, but I like the thought of D, use echolocation. That would, they're like bats. That'd be bats great. of the animal world. That'd be awesome. You guys are both right. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. Might be like close to 50 years of turkey hunting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know stuff. Yeah. You want a deer cast hat. I, Congratulations. The one you're wearing. Wait a minute. I didn't well, know I was competing. I was going to take that back to give to Kelly, but since you won this, you get to keep it. Thank Kelly you. is screwed. Enjoy Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> That's great. So, Steve, give us some parting shots here. I want well, one dirt story on marketeria that's actually shareable. <laughs> Before we go any further, real quick, uh, my nephew... Jose Rencon got his first turkey. Hey. It's a DeerCast. It's going to be on DeerCast. So take a look at it. If you ever if you ever get a chance. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to take a child out, take a kid out turkey hunting or any hunting, um, just do it. It's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. Yeah. I look give, forward to it. Give back to the sport and take take a kid. So yeah. we need it pretty badly. So back to 100%. the dirt. All right. I got to hear it. What's your question? No, no. I want to hear from you. Dish. If there's, you, I want you to dish a story, uh, a, something to happen that you can actually share <laughs> to our audience that's about Mark or Terry or the both of them or so, just something, something good. Putting you on the spot. Oh, wow. Um, if, uh, it, uh, involving both of them? Or either, whatever. So I, I think, uh, well, and I, I don't want to put, I don't want to, uh, uh, and maybe this is a good thing, but my, my wife uh, is 11 <laughs> my years. Wife. Yeah. My wife's 11 years younger than me. And one, one of the things that I thought was <laughs> nice hilarious job. is, is um, uh, Mark and Terry used to have a place up in Pike County, Illinois at Harpo's Heart, Heartland Lodge. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah. And of course I was with them as yep. well. And then we, we, we lease ground um, through uh, Harpo's and uh, one day uh, I was at a hotel room with your dad and the phone didn't work. And this was before cell phones. Yeah. And so my wife, so I was in a hotel room, gave my wife the hotel we were at and she, she couldn't get through. And um, so she thought uh, myself and your dad were out, you know, carousing, carousing. Around. She thought we were out catting around. So, uh, so finally, like I, I was wondering why I never heard from her. So, uh, 
you know, I'm going to say it was probably like the next morning. Um, still never heard from her. And so I call her and she goes, where were you last night? And I said, well, I was with Terry for a while. And, you know, we got some stands hung and got some stands trimmed. And, and then, uh, then I, you know, after dinner, you know, we went, went to the red, dome. Went, went to the red dome, had a few <laughs> drinks and then I crashed, you know, and she's like, Oh, she goes, well, you could just stay with her. And she hung up the phone. <laughs> so you're, and this is where it brings in your uncle Mark. Um, Mark, now T Terry understood, okay, because, it, you know, mis mishaps. Uh, so, by the way, how I corrected it is I marched right up to the office. I said, I don't think your phone in the room works <laughs> because my wife's ready to divorce me. <laughs> and they go, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. I go, no, let me walk back to the room. You call, and if and if, if the phone don't ring, then I would like for you to call my wife and explain to her <laughs> that this phone is not working in so the room. You need a yeah. doctor's note. So, <laughs> so she, saved, she saved me. The phone didn't work. She called my wife. She said, look, the, the phone is, is not working. So your Uncle Mark took it one step further. Shocking. Okay. Great. So now every other time he's around Dawn, you know, and we get talking about uh Oh, going out, uh, he'll he'll go. You can just stay with him, you know, <laughs> you know, or with her in in, yeah. in my case. Um, and so that that was pretty that was pretty funny. Um, but I, I got close ten call. tons of story. I you mean, got just, a billion of them. I got a million of them. Most of your 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 dad or your your dad and your your uncle. They're they're relentless. If they find a weak point in somebody. There, yeah. So any of you that get to meet them and talk to them, uh, they're, they're very intelligent people, but they're also relentless. They will they probing you for all feelings. Very mean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> not a mean way, but it feels it at the time. Don't if you're kid the one. because they love. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and uh, I think probably the the other and 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 uh, I'll, I'll make this as brief as I can. The first ever Drury Outdoor trip that we ever took. Um, your 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 dad and Uncle Mark bought a camera, and they asked me to go along with them. And actually, Jeff Probst was originally going to go on that mm -hmm. trip to Northern Arkansas yeah. on a turkey hunt, Ozark spring to Ozark Mountains with Pat Jackson. And the just the way your and your dad describes and and your Uncle Mark. Pat Jackson with the cigarette hanging in his mouth and the campfire going, and he had a sack of potatoes and a can of oil is about all he brought for food for the week. <laughs> and uh, your dad will always, always uh, re remark that we would have starved to death if I had made a trip with Tommy Bourne down, actually went to hunt with Tommy Bourne, who, uh, God love him, uh, who is now passed. I went and, and we killed several turkeys on that trip. I fried all that turkey up <laughs> and brought it to that trip, the first jury outdoor trip. And to this day, your dad and your, your uncle Mark uh, or uh, talk about, speak about the fact that if I hadn't brought, if old fat boy hadn't brought the fried turkey breast <laughs> no from protein. Mississippi, we just starved on that trip. Yeah. But uh, that was funny. where your uncle Mark actually fought, uh, killed the first turkey on film <laughs> in, the brush. in the brush. In the brush. No, I, was that turkey in the brush? I felt like that's not, it wasn't a, you didn't see much of the turkey. If well, I, I tell right. you what, your uncle, your uncle, or your dad, uh, was filming, and I think when Mark shot, he did the infamous camera roll. Yeah, he he jumped the camera. Jumped. Yeah, on the on the very first kill. But that was the first Drury Outdoor kill in the history of Drury Outdoors on film. Yeah, and those <laughs> Mark and Terry are still this way. Like they're going to. You should not 
trust them to bring the food. <laughs> like, uh, like Mark's implied. camp is notoriously, the, you know, it's like, he's got a pack of bologna and a thing of craft yeah. cheese and that's it. Yeah. You know, you, granola bars. if you're lucky, luck, he's lucky because Taylor now, when she's in camp, obviously she's, she takes care of him, but dad, he's got forest. Like they, they do, they never have food at camp. Like you that's burned the, once and never again. Oh yeah. Like if you plan on eating like a king, it's not going to be at their place. No, no, no. no <laughs> if no. it's just them there. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you go out to eat. They're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. I don't know, man. They're just, they don't take much. They don't require much food. It seems like at camp. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. Like oh, I, I, I just, I focus on like, I just want to hunt. I just want to do this. And like, but then I'm wishing I would have had more food yeah. and something, which is why maybe. they're skinny and I'm fat. <laughs> I make <laughs> hey, sure I got you saved their skinny butt. I did. Yeah. yeah on that trip, Showed I did. Your, your, your dad still, I, whenever we talk, he'll, he'll have fond memories. And the other thing you don't see on camera is on the way back from that trip, your uncle Mark and your dad, and I think I part partook in this too. We uh, we overindulged. Oh, well, shocking. We, no, <laughs> I mean it was hilarious. The trip back, how how I don't think I've ever partied that hard in all my life. We were celebrating. Uh, we your, got one. We got one. We got one on film, and then I killed one off camera because I killed one when <laughs> no, no. I oh the first one. I yeah. was odd man out. Yeah. And so we only have one camera. Yeah. So uh, instead of me going together, you know, all three of us yeah. together, Mark and Terry went, and then we swapped out. And on one of my one of the hunts where Mark and Terry were together, I was on my own, still hunting, and killed and killed one. Yeah. So we killed two on the trip. History so. will show. <laughs> and we we, <laughs> we overindulged on the way home. I think we. I can't tell you how many times we we had to stop to to use the restroom, <laughs> but that was hilarious. That's well, those are the old days. How you yeah. launch a launch an industry? Yeah, you don't want to try that now. It might cost no. you about ten thousand dollars yeah, if you, you get pulled over. Things. <laughs> yeah. They have a few of those stories from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different world. Yeah. yeah. How, how blessed are we? And how blessed am I to, to be, been able to be a part of that? It's a fun. It's yeah. been a fun ride, and uh, it's 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 neat to see where the industry has come from then to now. Yep. So. Oh yeah. Yep, that's right. Appreciate you stopping so, in with us. So if people haven't been turned off by the idea of hunting with Mark and Terry, <laughs> they can still apply to potentially hunt with them this fall in Deercast. It's much different now. Let me tell you. It <laughs> sounds like a party. <laughs> so just go to Deercast and hit the giveaway tab and uh, and go in there. Enter if you haven't already. We'll draw a name in July and. And you could hunt with them this fall. The party part's still the same. I mean, they just do it at their camp. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the just difference. Don't show up with any uh, any weaknesses. And <laughs> don't show them. For the record, they probably won't make too much fun of you until after you leave. <laughs> <laughs> that is true as well. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and watching. Make sure you subscribe so you get the show every Wednesday when it launches. All right. Until next time. Yes. Happy until turkey hunting. next time. Identify those targets and peace out. DeerCast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to DeerCast.com to enter.